Lovewell Creative, in partnership with Crosswalk Church, presents the Sacred Echo Podcast. In this podcast, we'll hear from the teaching team from Crosswalk Church about the upcoming sermon series, sermons, how they process, about faith, life, love, and friendship as well. For more information on Crosswalk Church, go to www.crosswalkvillage.com. Hey everyone, just to catch you up, this episode was recorded right after we did the episode with the gearings, and so um, we literally went from one to the other. So we start with what seems like a quick thank you, um, but it's not out of context, that's where it comes from, and then we finish the discussion on uh, suicide. So thank you for being with us. Heavy topic today, but uh, we appreciate your time, your interest, and your involvement. All right. Well, it's awesome to have them there. Now, um, now we've got some stuff to talk about as well. We're appreciative of their time. But um, this week, we're talking about suicide when it comes to um, mental health and what people struggle with. Um, these are two heavy weeks, man. We went from demon possession to, uh, to suicide. So um, I don't yeah. know who set all I, this in line, but I, I, yeah, mm-hmm. I, th- I think I told my my crew here in Portland, I was like, hey, buckle up. It's going to be a fun few weeks. Um, <laughs> but it is, again, so critical. I think all of us have gotten feedback from our communities about how thankful they are that we're, we're addressing things that aren't typically addressed and talked about um, in church. And, and I think, um, you know, whenever I whenever I go to and talk with young adults or high school kids and I give them some time to open up for questions, suicide almost always comes up. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what, what to do with it, what, what, you know, they've lost somebody, um, they've, they've struggled. There's the, you know, the thoughts that, you know, someone's condemned to hell, they'll never see them again. Um, you know, or just somebody's own personal, struggles it's it's just it's yeah it's not something we we spend a lot of time talking about and yet there are stories in scripture um of this very thing yeah you know something that talking with the gearings was making me think if we'd had just a touch more time i might have asked them is <clears throat> you know it seems to me that there is almost a secondhand smoke of mental health crisis that um when you have somebody in your life my my youngest has struggled with this very subject of um, considering whether they really want to keep going. And, um, for me, that's such a painful conversation and emotional conversation. I had somebody who is in the mental health, um, professions say to me, well, Dave, what are you doing for self-care on this? Because, um, it's, it's a mental health challenge for you. And it's so easy for me to think, well, it's my child that's going through the mental health. You know, I'm not challenged, not me, but there is a, a secondhand thing. I think about that celebrate recovery opportunity, and sometimes it's family members of people who are going through severe mental health challenges that really could also make use of mm-hmm. something like celebrate recovery. But it in in the subject of suicide, man, there it's just it's a like a crater um, if if it actually happens. Um, like a bomb went off and there is all sorts of collateral damage and guilt and shame and challenge that this is, I think, um, one of the shadowy areas that, that just doesn't get exposed with light nearly enough. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that, um, 
it seems to me that because of a theological understanding that is out there, I'm not saying where it necessarily comes from. I've got some ideas on that. Um, but there's there's some difficult difficult traditional understandings of what happens that kind of preclude the church's ability to really serve a family who's dealing with um, the suicide of a family member or friends, or um, even before that, sometimes getting the opportunity to um, to help that person who's going through it. That's super obtuse, right? <laughs> what I mean, let me, I'll just say it. That's probably, that's probably better. I, I just preach on it. So I feel like I'm giving away some stuff, but, um, but that's yeah. okay. Listen, this happens after. Are, yeah. Yeah. The facts <laughs> are that people think, people think that if you commit suicide, you're not saved. Yep. Right. And so that precludes people. From, it precludes sometimes people with that particular theological proclivity. It, it precludes them from being able to really serve the family when that happens because you yeah. can't give them hope. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think this is an, a super important point. I know for me, I'm this, this weekend when I teach on this, I'm absolutely getting into the question of the unpardonable sin, right? Mm-hmm. This is a bit of the theology you're referring to. What, what is this blasphemy of the spirit thing? And, I just really think if you if you if you pay attention to what Jesus says, if you pay attention to Scripture, the notion that um, that 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 God is ready to and faithful to forgive anything we would ask. Okay, so there's something about not asking forgiveness that would be, have to be a part of the unpardonable sin, right? But that puts us all at this incredible, crazy risk, right? If we have some uh, look, we're all messed up, so boy. What are the chances anybody who dies in a car accident has just really been up to date on all of that, right? You know what I mean? So apparently, I guess it's not just suicide. It's also car accidents and then other disasters and on and on and on we go, right? So suddenly, salvation is a is big time an issue of timing, which doesn't seem to square at all with Scripture and with God. Um, his His power to save is so much bigger than timing issues, right? Yeah. And as I yeah. dig around in, and something that I've, I've been playing with is this, this base definition of what it means to really break down our power to hear the Holy Spirit and to yield to Him. And at its base, it is our repeatedly, continually, and ultimately refusing the Holy Spirit's wooing to Jesus by solidifying that we are absolutely disinterested. And I think clearly that statement cannot possibly be true of all suicide victims. Uh, right. That to, to blanketly say, if, if you are struggling with such darkness and, and discouragement, that you have clearly repeatedly, continually, and ultimately, absolutely refuse the Holy Spirit's wooing. I, I think is is a position I am not about to take. Yeah, I, you know, I I always go to Second Peter three nine right when I start the salvation conversation because it's it's saying that you know like it look if it were up to God, He would save everybody. Um, you know, but this there's this thing of free will and choice, and and so He's not going to force anyone into that. But I think that He's trying to save us all because he loves us all. And, um, 
you know, I think that's a different starting place theologically when you when you start there and and where the conversation goes, as opposed to, well, God is out to get you, or or God is you know this harsh, cruel judge, um, and if you don't live up to the right standard, then you're out. And look, you know, at, at least in my own personal experience with suicidal ideation, in in many conversations with people struggling over the years, um, of course, you know, I've spent 18 years of my my career with young adults, collegiates, um, and this is not an uncommon conversation, sadly. Um, and, you know, it's that, that typically speaking, um, you know, when someone is really in that place and wrestling with whether or not to continue life or take it, um, you know, one, there's a, there's a mountain of, of lies they've believed about themselves or they've believed about the world, um, you know, and, and, or, they're just not in the right, in, in, in a good and healthy headspace. Um, and so you get to this place of really kind of thinking, one, that your circumstances aren't going to change. There's no way this is ever going to get any better. And two, there's another side of it that's almost like, you know, um, this is actually the best thing for everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually take my burden and I'm going to take it and and stop putting it on other people, uh, on the people that I care about. Because I'm seeing, you know, my journey that's just destroying the people around me. Kind of like, you know, you said with that secondhand smoke comment, Dave. It's like, yeah, it's this. This is affecting everyone around me. So here's how I make that better. Um, mm. And and obviously, I I you know, God wants us. I mean, Jesus came to give us life and life abundant. God God wants us to free from free us from all that. But I think there's a headspace you get into, um, and, and it's so hard to see your way out of. And and oftentimes, like I was looking at the Elijah story this morning, um, you know, in his own struggle um, uh, in First Kings 19, and and the story starts off with then Elijah went alone into the wilderness. It is often something you know that when we are feeling isolated and alone that it it seems like a more viable option for us because it's yeah. the only way out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I know that, um, again, my youngest that uh, has given me permission to talk about these things, um, it's especially difficult at night in the dark. And mm. that sense of being alone, and it will wash over them. I mean a sudden cloud uh, that is so thick that, and I've seen it happen once. I just watched joy turn to tear-filled distance that was hard for me to even appreciate without having seen that happen. Um, And, man, the idea that that Jesus can't relate to this and that he would be, you know, hey, look, good luck. You need to, you, you need to be, you know, again, the timing issue of that. If in, in the amidst incredible darkness and weakness, um, my child were to end their life, the idea, um, I, I just, I think Jesus is so much bigger than than those kind of, um, you know, the dark night of the soul, as some would would talk about it. Um, I think if 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 it is so, 
that this is our actions are so completely at the core of our salvation <laughs> then we are all absolutely in the deepest of trouble right yeah no that's that's it's such a it's such a works for lack of a better term right works oriented did you did you get it all you because you don't get to repent then you don't get forgiven then that puts it all back in our hands which you know kind of the baseline of christianity is i need the help that jesus offers and i need that forgiveness i need that freedom that he gives and um you know interestingly it wasn't it wasn't spoken of a great deal as i understand it now my scholarship could be a little thin on this but it wasn't dealt with a great deal until Augustine. And Augustine really wrote about it being the unforgivable and the unpardonable and the, the exclusion from um, the everlasting. And then it became kind of, kind of commonplace. And so many of us grew up with that understanding, even though we don't even come from that particular theological tradition, really. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, so it's really anathema to the God that we serve. And one of the things that I think has always been, you know, indelibly inked within the Seventh Day Adventist tradition is this idea that the character of God is worthy to be praised. Right? The character of God matters. So why would we believe in the character of a God who's like, well, ah, there's no, there's no nuance in this one. Yeah. Well, <laughs> right? and I wonder, Tim. I I wonder it too if if we lean. You know, I, I don't I don't think consciously, but maybe subconsciously, we lean into it as a way of scaring people away from the option of suicide, right? Mm -hmm. I, I mean, this is a little difficult to talk about, but but you know, if if I can still go to heaven and do that and t take my life, I mean, isn't that you know, it's a win win, right? Wh which again <laughs> is another it's another lie. That, that the mm. devil tells us because he's robbing us of, of the gift that Christ came to give us. Um, but, but look, it, Dave said it too. And, you know, talking about Jesus and Jesus being able to, you know, understand, I mean, in, in the garden of Gethsemane, which I, which I know is next week's conversation, um, you know, but it, Jesus says, I'm overwhelmed to the point of death. Right. What, what do we think that means? I, yeah. I think that means like in this moment, I, where I'm feeling right now, I'd rather not be here. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean that's right. how I take that line. I am, I am overwhelmed to the point of death. Um, you know, and so, so I think that God understands, but I, Jesus knows he's, he's been there. But again, I think that we've kind of maybe leaned into the theology that you're talking about, even though it doesn't come from our faith tradition or understanding of God, um, because of, you know, another way to kind of scare people straight, if that makes sense. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah that's that's really interesting um because if you if you read about you know what to do when somebody's going through suicidal ideation one of the things is to be direct ask the question are you thinking about suicide and one of the reasons why people don't ask that question is they are afraid they are going to put that idea into someone's head right um but but i think scholarship kind of academic scholarship tells us that's not true yeah. um because if you're prompted to ask that question, you could pretty much guarantee that they are already there. Yeah. And, you know, it's a relief for them to be able to talk about it. Also, yeah. Dave, I want to, I just want to affirm and thank you for sharing about, um, about your child. That's, mm. that's a big deal. And that's got to be really hard to go through. And so thank you for, mm. for being open to share that piece. Well, 
Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult thing. I would say one of the most um, in, the, in the midst of that pain, one of the most um, affirming pieces is that Izzy has always been interested in talking to me and Carolyn, my wife, about these things, mm. and hasn't shut us out in it. Um, oh, thank goodness! And I, I, I can't help but think there's somebody listening to this right now who has been struggling with this, is struggling with this, has actually thought about how they would do it, or maybe they're a parent who is is just deeply concerned, knows this story is is prevalent and real, and I just I think it's important. Sometimes I think the darkness of this kind of conversation is multiplied by the church, hmm. and we ought to be light in this conversation, safety in this conversation. Um, Jesus brings resurrection into our story, period. That resurrection we can think of as a someday thing, but for some, it will be that they make it till tomorrow morning. And that is the kind of power the church ought to be proclaiming. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 yeah, Dave, you're so right. And it's so the the shame, you mentioned this earlier, the, the shame of, you know, coming to church and, and knowing how out of control you feel, or, you know, it's, it's the, you feel like you don't have faith. All these people have faith, all these people believe, and I don't. Um, and, and so it becomes a harder place to be around because you don't get hope and encouragement when you go at times, you know, you, you just feel worse about yourself. Because your perception is that everybody else has this figured out, and I don't, um, you know, and and so that makes you know that that challenge, and I, um, uh, it's so it's so hard, and uh, I mean I have I have spoken to you know Tim talking about directness. I I had a had a conversation with a student who was you know struggling with some ideation and i remember getting really direct with them and i remember them saying you know yeah i'm thinking about killing myself is okay well have you thought about what you would do right that's typically the next question um if if they say yes because you're trying to discern if they have a plan um mm -hmm. and if they have access to that plan and i remember this particular student saying they were going to jump off this particular building it's okay do you have access to you know to get to the roof of that building is that is that possible for well no but i'll figure it out um you know and then and then you kind of realize okay so we're this is a serious conversation right um but you kind of see where they're where they're at in in the journey and so it is difficult and it's uncomfortable but yes getting direct is super important and and look we know the statistics uh, i'm sure all of us have looked it up this week in preparation i mean i think last year the number of of suicides were the highest it's ever been uh, at least mm -hmm. in the U.S., uh, almost fifty thousand, um, right. which, which in what I looked at was up uh, two percent from the previous year, which was up six percent from the year before that. Um, right. You know, and so it is on the rise. Um, I think the the isolation of COVID did not help, um, did not help mental health. Period. Um, you know, but especially on, on the side of suicide and. And so when we, you know, when we're ministering to people affected, when we were talking to somebody, we're still to be people that give hope, right? And that's, right. that's what we're called to, to do. 
Um, and, and I think, you know, Dave, you use the word resurrection, whether that's here um, and now or whether that's, um, you know, in the, uh, the coming resurrection, um, you know, is, is just restoration, restoration to, you know, a time and a place where, where you're not struggling with all these things uh, anymore. Right. Um, and you're restored to the people that God sees and, and when he looks at you. Um, you yeah. know, and I so look forward to that restoration day of people that have, that I know, um, died from suicide, died from whatever that might be, and just being restored to their family and being whole again. Um, right. oh, goodness gracious. I can't wait to, to see that happen. Yeah. You know, uh, some of the, some of the data I dug around in suggests, for instance, that suicide is the, the fastest growing killer of young people teens and Mm -hmm. 20s, but that the most likely candidates for suicide are those over 70. Yeah, I read Uh, that too. And seven in 10 suicides this year are likely to be white males. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is... This is, you know, and, and it comes from somewhere, right? It comes from all sorts of things. And depression is this big, you know, and so this is one of the reasons why as we talk about depression, it's worth taking seriously and putting energy into how, how we connect people with, with resources, even when it's way back from something as, as dire as suicide, right? Um, yeah, the, there's a phrase that I came across. Um, that I'm sure you guys are familiar with, you know, diseases of despair and, um, suicide and suicidal ideation is, is put in there. Um, alcohol abuse, right. Is put in there as well as drug abuse or misuse, um, is put into those. And they, they use that term, a disease of despair. And man, I feel like that's society a little bit right now. Um, that we we live in kind of i think we used to live some some of us used to live in a quiet desperation and i think now we're living in a much louder desperation for lots of people mm-hmm. feeling like it's not going to get better whether it's um whether it's our economic situation whether it's our family situation whether it's um just just you know life seems pretty heavy right now um and my concern is that the church, when it's not a balm for that, it is an accelerant for that. Mm. Hmm. And so it's not just that the church is either helpful or neutral, yeah. right? The church can become incredibly devastating in someone's journey of despair, right? As well yeah. as incredibly illuminating in, in someone's journey towards hope. Right. But the hard part with hope is that, and you guys have heard me say this before many times, probably one of my catchphrases, I guess, but hope is not seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Hope is being in the midst of the darkness, believing that there's light mm-hmm. at the end of the tunnel. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. right. And so yeah. sometimes, sometimes, you know, the conversations you're going to have are not going to be, can't you see it? Mm-hmm. It's going to be, we have to believe it's still there. Yeah, which is the importance of community. It's 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 what Jim and Nicole talked about, right? Is that there are times when you need other people that can encourage and and lift you up when you just can't, you can't see the light, you can't believe that that's that's there. 
Um, you know, and and I think that's the power of scripture sometimes of, of meditating on scripture because there are times and I have my verses, my go-to verses and my own struggles, right? And my own temptations and different things. I, I'm guessing we all do. And there are times when I repeat those to myself, not because I believe them, but because I'm hoping to believe them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm chewing on it because I want it to be a part of me, but it doesn't feel like it in the moment. Um, you know, but, but that's why I, I say all the time, like church isn't for, there are people that think that church is a salvation issue. Um, you know, attending church. It's one of the boxes to check. And I always say, it's not a salvation issue. It's community issue. It's that we're all designed for yeah. people. We need each other. Um, and, and so we need to be encouraged on this journey, especially when we can't see the light and maybe somebody else, you know, by us can. Right. You know, <clears throat> part of the power of community is it, is it attacks directly one of the central lies that is almost always present in suicidal ideation. And that lie is that, and you may have mentioned this already, Patty, but that lie is everybody'd be better off if I were gone. Mm. And sometimes it's in community that we finally get the message that that's not true. Um, I would want to underscore right now for anybody who is just walking this journey even if it is the power of of hearing, whether it's, I, I hope this is what my fatherhood does, uh, what my being a husband does. My wife has struggled with depression. And again, she's given me permission to talk about these things. Um, and one of the messages that she has go through her head is that people would be better off if she were gone. And I just want to say, underscore, exclamation point, that is a lie that is absolutely not true. And suicide, in such a final way, actually perpetuates pain rather than gets rid of it. And even if it is simply having drawn close to people at Crosswalk, in your family, that you know it would create such pain for them to have to go through that they can't get rid of now. There's no real recovery from that. If that's the thing that helps you hold on, it's worth battling against that lie in that way. And community is such a powerfully important piece of that. Yeah. 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 yeah it's, it, it's a, it's a matter. Yeah. That's the hardest thing I think for me to think about is, is just the, the despair, um, the loneliness um, the pain and the struggle that someone, you know, feels when they, when they think that's their only, their only option and the only choice, because they don't, they can't imagine things ever getting better. They can't imagine anything ever being different. Um, you know, and so they, they do, they they make that choice and they rob themselves as well as other people around them of the joy of their presence. Um, and of of memories and opportunities and and beautiful incredible things you know of life um, and and that but it, it's it's hard to you know it's hard to think about and I, I again I, I I'm guessing all of us have done funerals of of people that have committed suicide and you know going into that room and knowing that yeah I'm I am still called to to give hope in this moment. Um, you know, and, 
and I think at least what I often lean into is is that restoration, that day of restoration, um, when when the lies are gone, when you know the fog is is cleared up, um, and when we see our own worth um, in the eyes of God, and and we're restored to the people that we love. Um, you know, man, what a what a great day that will be. Um, but but I think God you know, has gone through everything that he's gone through so that we could taste that now and not, you know, like, like heaven on earth now, it's not just someday at some point. Um, you know, it's, it's that we're, we're supposed to, you know, uh, be that now, not just then, right. It's heaven now, not just then. Hmm. No, it's, uh, you know, having dealt with families who have dealt with with suicide of a of a child and you know it changes them so profoundly um and not always for the better you know um it breaks up it's pretty significantly i think the statistics on families breaking up after a suicide is pretty overwhelming yeah um you know it's the it's the uh, when my dad died um and you know he was 75 he had cancer that doesn't make it better but um you know it wasn't a life cut short necessarily even though it was um the finality of it right that i can't i can't call him i can't text him it takes a while for that to sink in and i think with suicide sometimes it never does and so every i remember for the first few years every time i'd reach for my phone to text him or call him you'd relive that moment again right? You relive that grief and that wave would hit you. Um, and, and I can't imagine, and I can only imagine, um, what that's like from, you know, with all the unanswered questions and with all the, um, and so I want to say, I want to say, I guess, to the, to the people who are left, if you have dealt with a suicide in your life and your family or a friend or someone, um, that, you continue to need to be surrounded and Mm -hmm. you may need to go get some help as well. Um, because you're probably not okay. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't know how I would be and, and that's okay to, to process that in the way and never, I think the whole point of what we've been talking about as we kind of wrap up here today, the whole point of what we've been talking about is, um, the church has to be a place for healing, absolutely. But we want you to know it's the beginning of a healing journey, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And if we can walk with you in any way that we can through our faith communities, through the the ecclesia, if you will, that's part of the liturgy that God has called us to, the work of the people, to walk with people through healing and to be healed on the way ourselves as well. Mm-hmm. So if if you're struggling with not only suicidal ideation, that sort of thing, but with the aftermath of it, um, that journey is still incredibly important and not something that you have to do alone either. Yeah. 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 Thanks Tim for bringing that up. I think and and Dave mentioned it earlier in, in the idea of collateral, right. Yeah. Um, is just the pain and, and the questions, as you said, and, and what if I had done this or what if I hadn't said that, or what if I, I think those are hard things to, to come out of that kind of darkness when, when you've lost someone to suicide. Um, you know, and so, yeah, I, I, I love the idea of us being the beginning, you know, of that journey. 
um, and and journeying with other people through it. I think that that's I think it's a beautiful yeah. way to look at it. Yeah, yeah, I think I think the closer you are to trauma and especially severe trauma, the more that trauma gets on you, right? Yeah. Um, chaplains and pastors who serve in a in a very traumatic, horrific kind of setting, or soldiers, or on and on and on it goes. We know this has an impact on us and families and individuals who go through this. Even let's say you're a teenager or a college student and you've got a friend that has has confided in you and you haven't even told anybody and you're carrying this around. That trauma impacts us and, and we shouldn't minimize that. We sh- that's, I'm so, so glad that we're having these kinds of conversations because this stuff needs to be uh, destigmatized. You are not right. like some rare person who's experiencing these things. Um, there are people who can help and who understand, and there um, there there can be relief in the hard work of this. Um, but but rarely by trying to just muscle up and live in denial. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Hey, this is, this is, um, it's a heavy discussion and thanks for, thanks for joining in. Um, and thanks for staying through the whole podcast. Listen, we want to, we want to journey with you and travel with you and know that you're, you're being prayed for by, um, not just your pastors, but, um, by your communities as well. So, um, whatever we can do. Thank you guys for being with us here this week. Um, I'm looking forward to our next discussion. We're talking about the Garden of Gethsemane, which has some overlap to what we were talking about today. Um, but And then we'll just kind of be wrapping up this series. So thank you all. Blessings to your churches. Blessings to your families and your communities. And um, as always, love well, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on the Sacred Echo podcast. This has been brought to you by Lovewell Creative in partnership with Crosswalk Church. If you would like to give for more digital content, please go to www.crosswalkvillage.com give and click on the online option under fund. Thank you so much for giving. Thank you so much for supporting. And thank you so much for being part of what God is doing through Crosswalk Church and Lovewell Creative.